Hey there, everybody. I'm Brother Donnie Spano, and I'm so thankful to have this time with you. And together, let's go in God's Word. There's some things He's impressed on my heart for this meeting here, this session. So uh, let's together seek His help. Father, we come to You and we're asking together that You would help us. Help us to receive of You in this time. We're asking together, Father, for Your Spirit's, the help of Your Spirit, for Your anointing, Father. That He would help us to see and to know. That He would help me to speak what is well in Your will and way here, Father. And we now, by Your authority, take, uh, take place and say, The enemy, Satan, you may not touch what pertains to this meeting. You may not. We forbid you in Jesus' name. Thank You for it, Father. And Lord, we ask of You that You would grace us. That as we go out from here, we would not just be hearers of these your words but that we'd put it to practice be doers of it and be blessed in what we do in jesus name we believe we receive it now amen hallelujah so by faith we have it guys and now we're going to look at galatians the third chapter today we're going to look at what you could say is gospel good news um here in Galatians, the third chapter, verses 8 and 9, we're going to look at. Now, I know the title of this message we've looked at as The Blessing. The Blessing. And it is the blessing from the beginning. We're going to track back here. and We're going to look at the beginning of time. Genesis 1, the book of beginnings. We're going to look at this because the blessing was right from the start. Now, here in Galatians 3... Um, verses 8 and 9. We're going to look here in verse 8 and it says, And the scripture, the word of God, foreseeing or looking ahead that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel. So this is the gospel that was preached and he preached it to Abraham. And he preached it in saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. So the good news that God spoke to Abraham, which is the father of our faith. It was, he said, in you, Abraham, at that time it was Abram, in you shall all nations be blessed. So it shows us a couple things here that I want to touch on. One, it shows us that it is the plan of God for how many nations to be blessed? Just the U.S.? No. Just this nation and this nation. No, all nations be blessed in him. Abraham, it was accounted to him righteousness because he trusted what God said. If you and I trust what God says right here, our nation will be blessed. Our nation will be blessed if for our sake alone because we trust God and what affects our nation affects us. And for the sake of a man or woman that trusts God, a nation will be made blessed. Even if it has to be renewed like Sodom and Gomorrah, he'll get that righteous man or woman out of there if he has to. Can you see this? All nations will be blessed. That's one thing we can take from this. Now, what, what else can we see here? We see here, thank you, Father, that this is gospel. This was the good news. 
that when God was going to bring good news to Abraham from this very beginning of time, he spoke to him and said, It's in you, Abraham, that all nations will be blessed. And it goes on in the ninth verse and says, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now, our ministry, one of the special things that we are to do, it's where we've come from, it's where I've been founded, is to go teach people faith. To teach people trusting God, what that looks like, what, what the lifestyle of faith is. And um, you can't go very far into teaching and preaching faith until you come to the blessing. Because they that be of faith are blessed. They that be of faith are blessed with this faithful Abraham, the father of our faith. And, hallelujah. Let's, do you want me to continue in that, Lord? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's look at this 10th verse now. We're going to go down to what looks to be the 14th verse of this same chapter. And it says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Now, if you ever are curious, you can look for yourself. Deuteronomy 28, you start finding it touches on the curse of the law, and then it touches on the blessing. And it's a wonderful, Deuteronomy 28, wonderful chapter. Read it when you have the time. You'll find this. You'll find what's connected in the curse of the law. And in that curse was poverty. In that curse was, uh, was ailing health disorders and diseases in that curse was uh you know your family being affected and and dying young and dying wrong and all of these wrong things were in the curse but then the blessing was the complete opposite and where it would go wrong it would now go well and so we find here that the works of the law were under the curse and it says for it is written cursed is everyone that continues not in all which are written in the book of the law to do them. The 11th verse says, But that no man is added, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just, the righteous, shall live by faith. If you and I live by faith, we can go back to the 9th verse and we can see we will be blessed with the faithful Abraham, the father of our faith, if you and I make the choice and we live by faith, we're going to live a life of the blessing. And we see here that um, the 12th verse says, And the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. 13th verse, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. That's good news. He's redeemed us. Redeemed is to purchase back. It's to rescue from loss. We would have lost. Some are. Some are affected today by the curse of the law because they don't know they've been redeemed from it. And Satan's a stealer. He's a killer and he's a destroyer. If we don't know and we don't take that place and make it very clear that that's not to affect us. We're not to be in poverty anymore because we've been redeemed from that curse and poverty is in it. We're not to have these disorders. I don't care if it was in the family years and years ago. I don't care. 
if it was, you know, if two different ancestors died of that very thing. I have been redeemed. I've been rescued from that loss. I don't have to have it because that's part of this curse. Jesus paid a big price to take that curse away from my life. And if I treat it like it's valuable, then I'll say, no, that can't have any place in me anymore. I don't care how poor we were. <laughs> I know where I started from. I know what it looked like. Yes, it was bleak. Yes, it didn't. It wasn't a prominent neighborhood. But guess what? Christ Jesus has rescued me from having to live that life ongoing. And he didn't do it just for me. And that's what we're going to get to. Those that are blessed shall be a blessing. And this is what God has instituted from the very beginning. Stick with because we're going to see it and it will change our lives forever. That's why I need to share this with you. I've already seen the blessing change my life. And we've looked at it, and here in the 8th verse, it's, it says this is the gospel. This is good news that God brought to Abraham, was that in him all nations would be blessed. God would bless him, and he would be a blessing. This was the gospel. Now, Romans, the first chapter, Paul, by the Spirit of God, says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm ready to preach here. To you at Rome also. I'm unashamed of this gospel. Many have become ashamed of this gospel of the blessing. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about giving and receiving. They don't want to touch on the blessing. Because people have misused it. People have misrepresented it. That doesn't mean it's no longer the gospel. And I'm going to tell you. All of you right now. <laughs> my wonderful people here in this very room. I'm unashamed of this gospel of the blessing. God has blessed us. He has done us so good. And I'm not ashamed of Him. I'm not ashamed of what He's done. I'm not ashamed of the blessing, nor do I ever want to be. By His help, I pray that throughout my good days here in this earth and when the Lord comes back, if He, if he doesn't come back through my lifespan, all my good long days, I will be unashamed of this good news of the blessing. Now let's continue. I don't want to go too fast here. And he said here, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. When Jesus was on that tree, he took upon him all that curse. And this is the very thing you realize when you look at it. He's, he's crying out to God in these hours. And he says, you know, it was written in the Latin, uh, uh, if I say it correctly, he was saying, "Yama uh, Yama or Lam." You know, he was saying, uh, "He." The last word was "Sabachthani," and he was saying, "Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me?" In that moment of time, Jesus was for the first moment of his existence completely separate from God. And he felt what no one knows. It said that all the sin of the world, not just yours and mine, every sin came upon him. He was the spotless lamb and he was covered and surrounded and encloaked with sin. And he felt so forsaken. He felt so alone. You think no one knows how you feel? You have no clue. No clue. No one knows how it felt to have this sin on him. 
Why did he do it? For you, baby. <laughs> he did it for you. He did it for me. He took it upon himself. He didn't have to. He chose it. He said yes when he could have said no. And he took that sin upon himself. Why? So that you and I may be blessed. That the blessing may be on us. Hallelujah. This is why he did it. It cost him a whole lot. And he did it for us. And so it said uh, he redeemed us. He was made a curse for us. Continuing that 13th verse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. 14th verse. That the what? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's the nations. Every nation through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Say this with me. The blessing of God, the blessing of Abraham is on me through Jesus Christ. God has blessed me through Jesus Christ. And with this, I have the promise of the Holy Spirit through this faith. Thank you, Father, that you have blessed me and given me the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You're not alone anymore. No, you're not. Not if you receive Him. He's with you always. Now let's continue. Let's look at our time. Let's look at Genesis, the first chapter. Go with me to Genesis 1. I'm going to read to you Isaiah 51. We're going to go there and put it on the screen for you. Isaiah 51, verses 1 through 3. And you're going to Genesis 1. And you can start right there in Genesis 1, 1, but we're going to look at uh, Isaiah 51, 1 to 3 as well. Thank you, Father. There's nothing like a lifestyle of faith in God. Oh, my. Nothing like it. 1 through 3. And he says here in the scriptures, Hearken to me, you could say, Hear me, you that follow after righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from where you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit from where you are digged. He said, Look to Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. The father of our faith was blessed of God, and the blessing increased him. So the blessing on us is designed to increase us. Just like it did in Abraham, so it's to do in you and me. The blessing, it, it increased him. The third verse says, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. It may look like it's dead. It may look like there's nothing there. What's God looking to do? Comfort it. Make it comfortable. He wants to fully fit it out. Have it completely restored. Have it better than it was before. He wants to comfort the waste places. And He will make her wilderness like Eden. You hear a lot of people talk about you know, going through the valleys and the, right? Going through the, the desert places with God. 
God's design for us, and it is and has been from the beginning, is that He only is going to bring us into a wilderness because He wants to make it like the Garden of Eden. He wants it to flourish, so He brings you and I there. Why? Because He has blessed us. And He has every intention that when He takes you and puts you and I there, that it's going to flourish. That it's going to go from desert to desired place. Hallelujah. Don't take my word for it. Is it not what it says here? He's going to take, He's going to make that wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. You don't have to stay in that desert place, child. By the Spirit of God, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to expect that the whole length of your life is going to be large times of wilderness and hard living. You can, I can right now, trust God that if it looks hard and dry and tough, that God's changing it right now. And we can, in moments of time, see what? Lush and glorious and beautiful, like the very Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. We've never seen a garden like that. The whole span of our life has been a span where the curse has been in effect in the earth. And so there's been shadow of death and darkness everywhere we've gone. We've never seen a garden like that where there was absolutely no death in the earth. No curse to ruin. It was beautiful. And God is desiring by the blessing that that be our lives. That that affect others that are in connection and contact with us. Now, it goes on and says, And her desert like the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. It's a place of peace. It's a place of joy. The places of God, many have unfortunately believed religious ideas, and God is actually very fun. God is actually in a place where there is a party, where people are sometimes vocal and enjoying themselves. This is a place that God makes the blessing, makes it this way. Now let's go together to Genesis 1. Like I told you, we're going to go to the beginning. We're going to look at the blessing from the beginning. Genesis 1. We're going to look through verses 1 through 4. And for time's sake, hallelujah. And it says here in the first verse, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now you and I have got to mix faith with these kinds of words. There are people that have fought this for centuries. They've fought the idea that this has all been created. They've fought it and they've thought, no, it's just blasted into existence. No, it's, we've, we've evolved over all this time. It's man and his great constructs that's come to be what we are. God created it. I choose to mix my faith with these words, and I don't have the faith that it requires to believe that Big Bang theory that others would try and get me to reason and believe. It takes too much faith for me to believe that faith I don't have. I mix my faith with these words. God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, it's very interesting to note. I've had uh, many scholars that have thought that there were times, you have to think, Satan fell. And where he fell, 
he fell to the place where God created man. And that's why he's stirring up trouble where? Where man is. He's here in this earth. He was sent down upon the very place that God created his man. And that's why I think that Satan despises mankind so much. Because the very dust that he was sent to and hit. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. He came and he hit the soil. And then God took from that soil that his little face hit. He picked it up. He molded it. And he breathed his life into it. And man and woman was created. Satan hates us because of what we are. Because we're breathed after the very life of God. He hates us so much. People are fool-ish to think that there's going to be a big party in hell. He doesn't care about a soul. He doesn't care about you having a good time. No, he wants you destroyed. He wants you hurting. No, he doesn't care about a soul. And so... um. Here we see that it was without form and void. It's very possible that this is where he is actually on the face of the earth. That he's been sent down and this earth is void and it's in darkness. And this is where Satan himself is at right now. There's possibility that there were thousands of years in, in actual life and being before this is even taking place and transpiring. When we look at days, we look at difference in time. God, in His Word, said that, uh, that what, what is that, Lord? That a day to the Lord is as a thousand years? So, for us, a whole lifespan is like hours to God. Like you and I would watch a good movie, that'd be all but, um, <laughs> all but a couple hours to us, to God. That'd be our life. He just watched a movie. Oh, man, they had a, that was a good show, that... Donnie and Tamara Spano show. I like that. Man, they had a they did some things I told them to do. That was wonderful. They were faithful over a few things. And he's just watching it. And, oh, there it went. This is our life to God. So when he's creating the earth and the heavens, moments to him, thousands of years can go by. And so we see here, now it's without form and it's void. And the Spirit of God's moving upon the very face of the waters of the earth. And God said, this is faith working God thought it and he spoke it and he said let there be light and what happened friends there was light at his word and God saw the light that it was what it was good and God divided the light from the darkness now let's look at verse number 26 and we're going to go up from 26 to 31 26 to 31 right up through the end of this chapter and it says here, And God said, Let us, who's us? Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit who is going across the face of the waters is here. All the earth has been created, the beasts upon it. Everything is lush and right. It's completely... God puts His man in places that have been completely provided for. He's provided everything that man needs. It's already been set up. You know God's setting you up? He's going to send you to places. It's already been provided for. It's already been taken care of. It's already. Hallelujah. 
And so it's already been set up, and now God here is making man. He's saying to, he said, let us make man in our image, after God the Father, after the Holy Spirit, after Jesus, the express image of God, after our likeness. Let man look like us, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. You see right here that man has responsibility right from the start. Man is meant to work. Man is meant to work. Immediately, God said, let them have the rule, let them have the reign, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. God, right from the start, made man a manager, made him a steward over all the earth. It was the work of management that he gave us, to have this dominion, this control this power. With this responsibility to manage, you need ability to do it. You and I require the talent, the grace, the ability. God does not leave us without it. Let's look here. So we have this, this responsibility that man was given. And the 27th verse said, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. This is why it's important not to talk bad about them. Yes, they could be far from God, but in the original intentions, man is still after the image of God, even in the fallen state that we're in. Why are we going to talk bad about them? There's no place that God can work in that. Only the enemy can. No, let there be no wrong thing outside my mouth. Yes, sir. And so here man's created, and as he said, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. There was no confusion in the genetics, no confusion in the genders, and there's no in-betweens. When God created, he created male and female. No, no in-between, no confusion with God. And the 28th verse says, And God did what? Oh, we're looking at the very start. The very first thing. Man is created. And God said, Let me give my man some work to do. And then what did God do? And God blessed them. Say that with me. And God blessed them. Hallelujah. And God said to them. What did God say? Say it with me. Be fruitful and multiply. And replenish, replenish the earth. Hold on. To replenish something, it already had to have something there. Which gives me the idea, there could have very well been life before. Life before Adam, life before Eve. Why? Because they're being told right now that by this blessing, replenish it. There once was make again. Can you see that? The blessing is the empowering ability to make something fruitful and to multiply it and to replenish it. And this is the power that God gave us as man to do the work we're supposed to do. He has blessed us to manage well. He has done. He's pronounced His blessing upon us for that work. Now, Thank you, Father. 
it goes on and says, Replenish it and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you of all the earth. Oh, I'm sorry. I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creeps upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he made. And behold, look, it was very good. Hallelujah. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So if you talk about a day of the Lord being a thousand years to us, is it possible that this was six thousand years in making? It's possible. But from the very start, there was the blessing. And the blessing was required to do the work. To have dominion, to rule and to reign in this place. God had to get the blessing to His man, to His woman. And so here, let's look. I know we're running on time here. We're looking at the blessing of Abraham. Let's look at Genesis. Do we have time for that, Lord? Yes. Okay. Genesis 12. Let's start in the beginning, and then we may just go right from this as we go just catch up where we left off in next time. And it says here in Genesis 12, 1, Now the Lord, I know we're bringing it up for you. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get you out of your country, and from your kindred, and from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. So he's not even shown them yet where it is. Again, what do we see? There's a task. There's a work to be done. And God is giving him an order of what he's to do. And, second verse, And I will make of you a great nation. He's giving him what now? Vision. He's telling him what to do. He's showing him what will become. And he's saying, And I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So when you and I are faithful children of faithful Abraham, I want you to say this. I am blessed of God. He's making my name great. And I shall be a blessing. Say that with me. I shall be a blessing. Hallelujah. The blessing of the Lord comes on us to be a blessing. Hallelujah. And he, come, he goes on in the third verse and says, And I will do what? I will bless them that bless you. And curse him or them that curses you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. Is it possible that men will curse you? Yes. Yes. In fact, curse uh, is connected with thinking little of someone. You have to think small of a person in a place in order to talk bad about it you have to first despise it you have to first belittle it and dishonor it and devalue it in order to to curse it and this is why it's so important when when people have done us wrong i don't hold it against them but my word i go right into place and i ask that god grant them repentance why because I have the blessing on my life. There is spirit of increase. The blessing increases. There's spirit of increase on me personally. 
on this ministry collectively. We are an organization that is blessed. And if you want to be blessed, just come alongside and bless us. Because God will ensure you will be blessed because of it. But what if you decide? What if someone decides to do wrong whom God has blessed? There is nothing else that can come upon them spiritually but a curse, which will devour and destroy. And if increase is in the blessing, decrease is still in the curse. And the curse is still present and active in the earth. We have a choice. We can do and receive what, what has been from the beginning, the blessing of God on our life, and bless those whom He has blessed. Or we can choose to let that subside and yield to the curse and allow it to destroy and decrease in our lives. I don't know about you, but I've already made my choice. The blessing for me. Amen. The blessing that prospers. Why are we talking about this? And I know we got just moments here. Everybody that I'm connected to is affected by whether I make this choice of the blessing or not. God told Abram, if you would be blessed, you shall be a blessing. The measure in which you and I are to be a blessing is directly connected to the measure in which we yield ourselves and receive of God's blessing on our life. And there are people that will be blessed or not be through us based on what choice we make in that. And now, for time's sake, we won't go to it, but Proverbs 10 verse 22 says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich. We might be able to put it up there for you. And adds no sorrow with it he adds no sorrow with it the blessing of the lord when it comes on us it makes rich it makes us rich and we'll see that in abraham's life you don't have to go tell a jewish person is it god's plan for them to be rich they know in the old covenant it's without a shadow of doubt hallelujah it doesn't just make us rich it puts this power in our life to enrich others and when the blessing is on us, what happens? You and I shall be a blessing. And it enriches the lives of others. Paul had talked about this by the Spirit of God. He had talked about how he made himself poor to make another rich. He was in the business of enriching the lives of others. And he was never without, he never lacked. Time and time again, God would deal with someone and he'd be provided for in well supply. He had his own hired house in the end of his life. People could come to him as they pleased and he'd preach and teach them the word of the Lord, the gospel of the blessing. He, he'd preach to those at Rome. He said, he said that he desired to come to them and preach this gospel at Rome. He said that he believed that when he came, he'd come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. This good news, it's not just past. It's not just from the... It's not just for the beginning. This good news of the blessing is from the beginning. And if you and I will trust God, it's through the end. We'll have this blessing. It's a witness, my friends. People need to see this blessing. They need to have it tangible in their lives. They need to, they need to know that God the Father, He is the blessing God. And He has blessed us to enable us to do the best in this earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that is our time, my friends. 
But there's so much more here to see. So we'll pick up where we left off in time to come. We love you. We bless you. And we will see you soon. Thank you.